Again, our Father and our God, I thank you that your word is strong and mighty. It needs no props and it needs no pulling. It stands on its own merit. Let me get out of the way of the power of your word and let it flow mightily in this place. God, let it do what it was designed to do as it will bless your people this day. Now, Lord, we are determined to be all that you would have us to be, to do all that you would have us to do in this life. Bless us in Jesus' name. All of those who love God said amen. If you don't mind, if you're able to stand, stand right where you are as we read the word of the Lord together. As I read it unto you, I'm sorry, I'll read it. Amen. Amen. You are able to stand. Chapter 6, verse number 1. Then the Lord told Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh, the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan, where they were living as foreigners. You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel, who are now slaves to the Egyptians. And I am well aware of my covenant with them. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Then the Lord said to Moses, go back to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and tell him to let the people of Israel leave this country. But Lord, Moses objected, my own people won't listen to me anymore. How can I expect Pharaoh to listen I am such a clumsy speaker. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and gave them orders for the Israelites and for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. Chapter 13, verses 17 and 18 simply says these words. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, somebody shout finally. God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Amen? 
I want to talk for a moment just from this thought, developing my determination. Developing my determination. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. In this sermon series, I want to share with you that determination is not an easy thing to hold on to. While we are often focused on a journey and a destination that has been revealed unto us and illuminated and recanted by the voice of God over and over again, it is your task and my task to remain focused and on point and determined to accomplish what God would have us to accomplish. And it's always a difficult path because we look at the straight paths in life and think that it's the straight path that gets you there. But it is my reflection on my Sunday evening 7 o'clock moments that reminds me in the words of an old famous song, I never took the straight path nowhere. Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises, so I live and I learn. Some of y'all don't know that song because you claim not to watch power or your ears are slow, but the reality of it is, is that it is the opening words of a song that has become a part of our, our vernacular over the last six years that helps us to understand that straight paths are not always what they are cracked up to be. And oftentimes, if you go on to listen to the song, it talks about how people will take things into their own hands because they say this is a big, rich town, and I'm coming up in the poorest part. And they justify their behavior by saying, illegal or, legal or illegal, I got to make it. Amen. But the truth of it is, is that whenever there is a straight path and we don't seem to be on it and things are not moving as fast as we want them to move, we will take matters into our own hand. Now, I know y'all don't want to help me today because when I look at that particular song, y'all want to say that's not sacred, but there's some theology in everything. You just got to be deep enough to look at it and see it for what it is because God is in all things, and the idea of it is, is that sometimes we have glorified the straight path, and we have made people who don't get to destinations as quickly as we get there feel inferior because they don't get there in the same time that we do. But the truth of it is, is that if you look very carefully at this particular text, oftentimes we end up where God would have us to go, but it is God himself that does not take us in the shortest route. What do you do when it is you that have made up your mind to follow the Lord and the Lord has gone through all that he has gone through to get them on this particular path? But it was the Bible that announced to us that after chapter 6 and all of what God said to Moses to tell Pharaoh, when they got to the point where Pharaoh had finally let them go, it was God that took them the roundabout way. I, I like that question because it's presupposed to us to have us to understand that that here it is, God himself is the one that didn't get us there in the shortest amount of time and along the quickest route. Uh, uh, Y'all would tend to think that it's always the devil that did it and it's always the enemy that's getting in the way. But I need to help about 10 or 15 of us in here on the day. Sometimes it's the Lord that's blocking your pathway. And when it's God that's blocking your pathway, you've got to figure out if you have the determination from within, the motivation 
motivation and the, uh, the real spirit to stand up and keep on going when you finally figure out it's the Lord that won't let you get where you're trying to go. I, I like that because it helps me as long as I see it's an enemy in the external, it's the devil, it's a problem in somebody else. Oh, I'll keep on fighting that. But what do you do when you find out it was the Lord himself that did not let you get the job that you applied for? What do you do when you find out that you've been looking to hook up with this or that situation or go here or there and you've been doing everything God told you to do, but you find out it's God's finger that's blocking your pathway? I need to help y'all because it's right here in the text on the day because it would appear to me that after chapter 6 when God has told Moses to do all of the things that he has done, he has told him, go tell Pharaoh this, that, and the other, that it would be God's desire to get them into Canaan as quickly as possible. But I need you to know God is not always uh, uh, working on the scale of your urgency and the sense of your discomfort. Lord, help me in here because time does not matter to God as it matters to me and you. Uh, you looking at it as a day, but he said it ain't. It's like a thousand to me. I ain't even tripping about that because whatever I have in store for you, I can hold it for you until you get there. That should have helped somebody in here because you're still yet waiting on what the Lord has said. And here it is in this particular text. After they had gone through all that they had gone through, the Lord does not take them in the straight path. Can I unfold it in your hearing this morning? It is in this text because the Bible says in chapter 13, when, the, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that leads through Philistine territory. He did not take them the shortest route to the promised land. If the people are faced with battle, they'll change their mind. So God led them the roundabout way. And I got a little upset with that Houston. I got to be honest with you because here it is. I'm trying to do what the Lord asked me to do. I'm trying to do, Crystal, what the Lord told me to do. I'm trying to be patient and do it as God said do it. And it's God that's taking me this roundabout way. And as I wanted to raise an argument with the Lord about taking me the roundabout way, it was as if the Holy Spirit touched me and said, wait a minute, before you ever raise an objection to God about what he's done, you need to give him praise for what he did before. And I said, well, what are you talking about? Here I am. I've been in this bondage. And then he said, but you did overlook the word finally in verse 17. In other words, you are now in a place where whatever had you in oppression is finally lifted up off of you. And I wish I had the finally crowd with me today because the truth of it is whenever you get to a point where you're free to go into whatever it is God is leading you into, you need to thank him for finally lifting the oppression that was already on you. Uh, I don't have enough folk in here. It ought to be another five or six hundred of y'all who can tell God thank you for the fact that you are finally wherever you are. Now, I don't know what your finally looks like, but the finally folk in here that have had some oppression on your shoulders and God has lifted it up. You ought to be able to be a testifying witness of what it feels like to finally be free from whatever had you. If sickness was ever on your trail and it's finally lifted up and you ought to be able to tell God thank you for that. If depression was all around you because of grief and things that were trying to hold you down but you finally stopped crying in the midnight hour you ought to be able to tell God thank you for that. If you've gotten to the point where you can spend a few quarters and not hold on to every penny you comes your way. 
I wish I had some witnesses in here. You better learn how to tell God, thank you for finally getting there. If you're at a point right now where you can just lift up your hand and tell God, thank you for the things he's doing in your life. Do I have anybody in here that can just shout, finally I'm here. I live where I've been long enough. Gone through what I've gone through long enough. Hurt long enough. Been sad long enough. But finally the Lord has lifted the oppressor. Is there anybody else in here that walked into the new office of your new job and you just said, finally I got here. I applied over and over again. But the Lord made a way. Is there yet anybody else who can say, finally I got some peace in my house. Finally I got some joy in my heart. Finally, some things are going my way. Here it is. He says, uh, uh, you, you, you got to learn how to thank God for where you are before you complain about how long it's taking you to get to where you go. Uh, uh, has anybody taken the time to thank God for where you are? Uh -huh, I, I know, I know, I know you, I know you want to you, you wanna know where you're going. But I ought to have some folk in here in the television audience. <laughs> that ought to shout at home all by yourself. You ought to praise God all by yourself and tell somebody if you know where I had been, if you know how long I had been there, if you know how long I had been oppressed, if you know how long I had been turned down, if you know how long it was going the other way, when I finally got right here, I had to praise God all by myself. I lit one candle, I had one party, I invited one person, and that person was me, but the Holy Ghost showed up. And when God shows up in the form of the Holy Ghost, you can praise God for your finally situation. Finally, I can get this oppression off of me. Finally, I can pay my bills on time. Finally, my car is paid for. Finally, I ain't got to borrow nothing from nobody. Is there anybody in here who can just high-five somebody and tell them I know what finally feels like? I'm finally able to go on vacation. I'm finally able to stay in a nice hotel. I'm finally able to put on some nice clothes. I'm finally able to buy me a big old church hat. I'm finally able to go to the jewelry store. Finally, can I preach it like I want to preach it? Tell somebody finally means what has been has gone away and I'm walking in a new season. Is there anybody in here that can just shout finally, finally, finally? Finally, finally paid the student loan off. Finally got the kids through college. Finally off this medication. Who am I preaching to in here? Finally able to walk with my head up. Finally being recognized for the gift God gave me. Finally. Here's what he celebrated. Tell somebody before you complain about how long it's taken. Tell God thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Can I just go and preach it like I want to preach it? You don't know how long I've been there. You don't know how hard my bondage has been. You don't know how heavy my oppression has been. I walked with my head up. I kept smiling. I looked better. But you don't know what I've been through. Is there anybody in here that can find somebody? Grab them by the hand. Tell them my finally is here. My finally done showed up. God has made a way. God has set me free. And before I'll complain, I'll tell God thank you. I got too much more sermon to go here. Tell somebody I ain't never took the straight path no way. Finally. Here it is. Here it is. Finally. I finally been set free. Tell your neighbor, I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do next. I'm just happy to be out of what I was in. You ain't saying nothing to me in here. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know which way to turn. But I'm glad God brought me out of what I was in. Is there anybody in here that can praise God for about 15 seconds to let him know you're glad to be free? Here's the text. But when he set them free, he did not put them on the main road. He did not put them on, the text said he didn't put them on the main road. He did not put them on the main road. But he said the main road will mess you up. Touch your neighbor and tell them the main road ain't for everybody. Can I preach it like I want to preach it? Uh, it's some stuff on the main road that'll mess you up. Look at what he says. He said, the main road runs through Philistine territory. Oh, Lord. You just got out of Egyptian bondage. And you are on your way to the promise of God. But you need to make a pit stop in the wilderness. You are weary from where you have been, but you are not ready for war where you're going. Somebody need to catch that. You don't go from weariness to war. You need to stop in the wilderness to get your worship on because worship will build you up for war. You see, the wilderness was always about worship. 
It was Moses' request to Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go into the wilderness that they might worship the Lord. He said, and if you let us go worship, we will come back. But Pharaoh said, no, I ain't going to let y'all go. I ain't going to let y'all worship no other God. You're going to worship my God and you're going to stay here because I'm large and in charge. That's what Pharaoh thought. But here is what Moses knew. Moses understood that if the people ever got a taste of worship of God in their spirit, they would be better warriors than anybody would ever imagine. But you can't go from being weary to being a warrior. Are oh, y'all looking at me strange? Let me see if I can help. When you are in a fight at the house and you go to work, you're going to mess something up when you get there. Because you're taking what made you weary into your workplace. And you're going to fool around and start a war with somebody. And you're going to end up with a pink slip in your hand. But if you will pause and put some worship in between your weariness and where you are going in your workplace, you will be stronger for whatever war shows up. I'm trying to help some of y'all in here. I'm trying to tell you that the wilderness ain't all bad all the time. It was the Lord's intent to lead them through the wilderness to build them up as worshipers while they were in the wilderness. I need to help some of us in here. The only thing that's keeping you from going in on Monday morning and setting it off about what happened on Thursday and Friday before you left is that you stopped by the First Baptist Church at 2835 Broad Avenue, 38112-901-323-2429, Pastor Kefo at AOL.com, and you got you some worship in. It is your worship that's going to keep you from losing your mind. Do I have anybody in here that knows the power of worship? You realize that if it had not been for worship, you would have messed up a long time ago. But thanks be unto God, you got a pit stop to worship him. Worship will soothe you and calm you, keep you from taking matters into your own hand. Do I have anybody in here that's learned how to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth? I wish I had a few more witnesses that don't mind waving your hand, that don't mind standing on your feet. Tell somebody worship or help you get through it. Don't go from being weary to going to a war. Weariness and war don't go together. You need to worship in between your stops. Well, here it is. The text helps us. He did not lead them along that main road. Tell somebody the main road to mess you up. Because there's some stuff on the main road that's designed to destroy you. Uh, can I help you? He said he did not lead them on the main road because it ran through Philistine territory. Huh. The Philistines did not like the Israelites. They warred for thousands of years. Even when the war should have been over, the Philistines kept on fighting. So the Lord does not take us from discouragement to discouragement. He does not take us from Egyptian territory into Philistine country. Now, I need to help some of us 
because some of us are escapees. When we get out of Egyptian territory, we run to Philistine territory. You wonder why you still attract the same thing you did attract. It's because you're trying to travel on the main road with everybody and look good. You might need to take a wilderness sabbatical for a moment. Quit going to the club all the weekends. Hide yourself in a hiding place. Find somewhere where you can worship the Lord and get out of all of the main public spots being seen by everything and everybody because the main road will tear you apart. You understand that God has to change your appetite in the wilderness. What you ate in Egypt is not available to you in the wilderness. Y'all gonna make me preach more than I want to. You gotta understand that you gotta curb your diet in the wilderness. It's some stuff that's not available to you in the wilderness, but what's going to happen is, is when you come out, you won't have the same inclination and proclivity for the stuff that used to get you in trouble before you went in. Preach, Pastor Norman. If you like money over in Egypt, then God will show you in the wilderness that he is your provider and reveal himself to you in ways that you had never met him. Can I go back and pick that up? He said to your father, I told them I was El Shaddai, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, but unto you, I'm about to reveal myself as the Lord. Do I have anybody? I believe that God wants to reveal himself to some of us in the wilderness in ways that we have never known him before. Uh-huh. Uh, you ever seen folk that was cool in church? Always. They would sit there and go, amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Say it, preacher. But one Sunday, you see him standing up. Say it, man. Hallelujah. Before you know it, they're walking down the aisle. And I believe it is because the Lord has taken them in a private wilderness and revealed himself unto them in ways that they had never known him before. Be healthy all of your life. Go in the hospital and let the doctor say he don't know what's going on. When you come out of the hospital and make it back to church, you will start praising God in ways you had never praised him before. Have a paycheck every Friday and be on a good paying job as we say. But let your good paying job dry up and the Lord keep on paying your house note and your car note and sending your children to school, you'll start thanking God because he's revealed himself in ways you hadn't known him before. When folk lie on you and leave you standing all by yourself, but God said, I'll fight your battles. He's revealing himself in new ways unto you. Do I have anybody in here? that's ever been in a place where God revealed himself to you and said, your daddy knew me this way, but I'm about to show myself to you in a powerful way that you've never known me. It'll change your praise. It'll change your shout. It'll change your witness because you met God and know him for yourself. And he tells them, he says, look, he said, now when you go, Moses, you go. He said, you tell me, so don't worry about the people. He said, because they daddy, you know, I told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
I'm El Shaddai. He said, but to you, I'm going to show you I am the Lord. Self-existent, self-sustaining, non-committee calling, don't check with nobody, do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, in ways that don't require anybody's approval. I can bless you without sending you a paycheck. I can pay your bills without using money. You can stay off a whole year and I can still keep you in the house you in. I can heal your body when doctors say you can't be healed. He said, I can cause you to live when folks say you're not going to make it. I can give you joy when you ought to be sad. I can lift up a bow down head and put happiness in you. He said, I can let you gain 10 pounds and still be fine. I wish I had somebody in here that knows when the Lord says that that settles it. Do I have any witnesses in here that know that you serve not only El Shaddai, but you serve the Lord who is high and mighty. Who is this King of Kings? He is the Lord high and mighty. He is the Lord strong in battle. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord mighty in battle. He's the Lord who's able to wipe your tears away. He's the Lord who's able to heal your body. He's the Lord who's able to pay your bills. The Lord who's able to regulate your mind. He is the Lord who can cover and shield you. He wants to reveal himself to you in ways you've never met him before. Can I help you? He often does that in the wilderness. Huh? Uh, he, he does not show up in your office when everybody is around and reveal himself to you. But he'll allow you to go into a wilderness place by yourself, not on the main road. But I got to give you something else. The main road is designed to cover you from predatory people. I need you to get that. Because there are people that want to take advantage of your weakness. Uh-huh. Oh, Lord. I knew y'all were going to look at me kind of. But see, it's somebody waiting on you to break up with that person so they can tell you how much good they offer you. Because they already know what you want. So they just offer you more of the same. But it is not until you've gone into the wilderness and been sustained by the Lord that you realize you don't need what the predator is offering. Y'all will catch that on the way home. Some of us go from Egypt to the Philistines because we have not carved our diet to get off of what they are serving. Huh, there's some children in the room. I can't preach it like I want to preach. But if he know you like money, then money is what he's going to offer you. He can fill your pocket but never touch your spirit. He can offer you everything externally, but never give you anything internally. I'm an equal opportunity, Pastor. If she know all you like is good looks, she can look good every day. 
but she cannot get beside you and help you get to the place of God's existence for you because all she knows how to do is look good for you, but not look good helping you get there to where God would have you to be. Preach, Pastor Norman. The reality of it is, is that there are predatory people who already know your story from where you have been. The Philistines were aware of your Egyptian bondage, and all they doing is waiting on you to come out, but the goodness of God is, is that he leads you away from predatory situations so that they can't take advantage of you. Preach, Pastor, y'all to say man in a minute. The reason you could not go where you wanted to go and meet who you wanted to meet and do what you wanted to do was because God was blocking some stuff in your life. You may not want to tell him amen right now, but when the story of time is revealed and God peels back the curtain and lets you know, you're going to tell God, thank you for some of the stuff he did not let cross your path. I wish I had some sanctified folk in here, some saints who already know you ought to give God praise right now. Don't make me call your name out because you know you were about to mess up, but God said that ain't the one and sent you in the roundabout way. Some of us are going to thank God for some jobs we didn't get. Some of us are going to thank God for some folk that didn't call us back. Some of us got some folk that wish wouldn't call us back. Let me go on home. Here's what I need to give. I need you to understand, don't underestimate the need to recover from previous conditioning. Chapter 6, verse 9 says that after Moses told the people everything that God told him to tell them, Moses said they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Do not underestimate, folks, the stuff that happened to you when you were in bondage. Uh-huh. I know you can't say man to that because you got folks sitting next to you and you want to make them think that you ain't never been there. But can I, can I preach to all of the bondage been there folk before? Some stuff happened to you while you were there and it conditioned you in a way that you have yet to discover. It was so messed up that when God was telling you your future, you didn't even want to hear it. Because you could no longer believe in what the Lord was saying. Read verse 9 when you get home. The Lord is telling the man of God to tell the people of God, it's over. You're free. It's finally out. You're about to head to the next chapter. You're getting ready to inherit the land that I promised your fathers. And three generations ago, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all knew about me. And I am here to deliver you now to the promise that I said to them. But the people have become so discouraged by the brutality of their slavery that they refuse to listen anymore. There comes a point in our life when the stuff that we've been in conditions us. But you need to get free from that. And you need to keep hearing the word of the Lord so that it does not condition you to not want what God has for you. Here it is. 
He takes them. He said, don't y'all go from weariness to war. Y'all go into worship first. If you go into worship, you'll get stronger. You can recover. You may not go the main road, but you're going to get there. Some get there on time. Others get there in time. Touch your neighbor, tell them I'm an in-time person. Amen. You graduated from college in four years. It took me five. Took me six. Amen. I'm still working. Come on, where am I still working, folk? Amen. But, but tell somebody I'm going to get there in time. Amen. I may not have gotten married when you got married. Amen. But look, here, I'm going to get there when God got it for me. Amen. I may not ever get there, and you may want to get out of where you are, but guess what? I'm right where God wants me to be. Here it is. You got to understand something. Some get there on time, but others get there in time. And whenever your time is, that is God's time for your life. But don't you be discouraged in the process. You stay determined so you will get there. I'm going to get out of here and get out of your way. But God does not lead us from discouragement to discouragement. Well, he covers you from predatory people. I need you to not underestimate uh, the need to recover. I need you to understand the main road ain't for everybody. But tell somebody, you're going to learn how to fight on the way. You're going to learn how to fight on the way. Uh-huh, I, I know. When I start talking about fighting, that's when y'all wake up in here. And whenever I tell you, stop my fighting. Uh, we're going to learn how to fight. Uh-oh, fighting, that's where we are. Because we start talking about, yeah, I know how to fight. If I start telling you what school you went to, yeah, if you went to this school, you had to learn how to fight over there. If you're from this neighborhood right here, you had to learn how to fight. But see, you know how to physically fight. But you got to learn how to spiritually fight. And what happens to most of us is we are so inclined to know how to physically fight, we don't know how to spiritually fight. Uh, when the last time you prayed your problem away? When the last time you fasted your blessing into existence? When's the last time you put some oil on yourself and strengthened yourself for the situation? When's the last time you encouraged yourself in the Lord? Because sometimes you cannot fight your way out of everything. You have got to learn how to fight in the spirit for everything that you're fighting for. And here's what he told them to do. I like this. He told them on their way out to line up in battle array. I wondered why he did that. I wondered because he said the, Egypt, the, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. They ain't never fought nobody. They don't even know how to fight. He said, but if you line up and you get in order as you are going through this situation and I'm revealing myself to you, your enemy don't know what I am able to do. You look a whole lot stronger than your enemy know you are. And so here they are lined up battle ready, looking like an army. They ain't never had nobody to fight. They ain't never had to be in a battle, but they sure look like they know what they're doing. And if you read later in the text, check it out. The Bible says, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And after he told the Egyptians to let the Israelites go, and the Israelites was leaving, he did not take them the main road, which is where your enemy normally would follow you. He took them the roundabout way. But then he went and told Pharaoh, they did not go that way. They went that way. Now, God, you're really confusing me now. Not only did you not take me the shortest path, but now you done told the enemy which way I went. If you wanted to get me out of this, all you had to do was get me out and send me the short journey. 
But now you done sent me the long way by way of the Red Sea. And then you told the enemy which way I went. You know I don't know how to fight. They got a whole army with horses and chariots and all that. And we ain't got nothing but our feet and a bunch of songs we've been singing when we get to the river. All we know how to do is praise. They got all these weapons. And all we know how to do is sing. Here we are singing at the river. And here come all these chariots. They done mounted up and they said, there they go, right down there. He said, look at them over there. And then one of the generals said to Pharaoh, they are in army battle attire. They are standing as if they are an army. But Pharaoh said, they are not an army because they've never fought before. But what he did not know is God had already introduced himself as the Lord of hosts who will fight your battle. He said, let them come on. And Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Can I go ahead and get out of here right now? Tell somebody I'm determined to go all the way. But when I keep on fighting for my battle, the Lord said, I'll take over right here. Here's what I like about it. They get to the Red Sea. And historians say it wasn't but a 10-inch body of water. And one historian argued with a boy in college over and over again. He said, look, it's only 10 inches. It was no big thing. It wasn't hard for them to cross the Red Sea. It's only 10 inches of water. Everybody knows that. And the boy kept praising God, saying, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. And the man finally proves it to him. You see, it was only 10 inches of water. And then when he got through, the boy looked like he was supposed to be sad. But then he stood up and said, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. He said, why are you still praising God? He said, when you found out that this was not as much of a miracle as you thought it was going to be. He said, I'm not praising God for getting them across. He said, my praise has shifted that he could drown a whole army in 10 inches of water. Do I have anybody in here that don't mind standing on your feet? Tell somebody I don't care how God get me out of. I don't care how God do what he does. As long as he brings me out. As long as he brings me through. Is there anybody in here that can thank God for your deliverance? Tell somebody I put my trust in him. He'll make a way out of no way. He will do what he said he will do. But I got to learn how to wait on the law. Is there anybody in here that can just wave your hand for a moment? Tell somebody, I learned how to trust him. But that's what you got to do. Remain standing with me. Listen, I need to do this before I even open the doors of the church. I need to do this. If you can stand, stand where you are. You own a business. You're an entrepreneur. I want to pray with you at the altar. You're the people who God put on my heart. The folk who one day is high, the next day it ain't even there. The next one day folk calling you and trying to buy what you got. And then some days you get calling people saying, I don't even, I didn't know you were still in business. Can I pray with you today? Oftentimes we overlook some of those among us who are the bread winners, the bread growers, the bread bakers, the seed planters for the bread. 
I need you to have a determination that if God gave it to you and told you to do, that you stick with it. God gave it to you. And you're going the roundabout way to get there. You see some of your folk that started one day and man, boom, they blew up overnight. And here you are going the roundabout way. You finally got out of the mind bondage to start the business. You said, well, should I, should I, should I, should I? You did. You quit the job. You started the business. That was the bondage. And you, you got out of that. Thank God for you. It took a lot of faith to get there. Finally. But after finally, God took you the long route. Not taking you straight. You're not going to work 30 and out and get a gold watch like everybody else. You're going to struggle sometimes. You're going to see people who need what you got buy it from somebody else. And ask you for $10. It's okay. Keep doing what God assigned you to do. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am developing my determination to walk it out with you. This thing looked like I'm going through the roundabout way, sure enough. I'm all out in the wilderness. This is so far from where I was. I was in bondage. I was somewhere where I was not creative. My creativity was being stifled. I was not allowed to be free in what I was doing. But God, you created something within me to go beyond the boundaries. And here I am. And when I thought I was going to get on 240 and just ride until it ran out, I'm going to turn on the highway, you start taking me through the hood, the street route, all over in neighborhoods I ain't know nothing about. God, you took me the roundabout way. But you took me that way, dear God, and you stopped me from doing some things that I did not realize you were blocking. Thank you that I didn't sign that big old loan that they offered me with all that interest that I'd still be paying back right now. I scuffled and I struggled and I, I did it out of what I had. Thank you that you blocked me from some predatory people who were trying to expose me to things that I didn't know much about but you've taught me how to fight along the way. I didn't get there when everybody else got there and I gotta admit that I'm recovering from some stuff. Sometimes I doubt myself, but help me God to be the person you would have me to be, to have confidence in your vision and gift that you deposited in me. Teach me how to fight as I go along the way. Put me in battle gear, stand me up strong so that even while I'm going through my wilderness, I'm coming out ready. Teach me how to worship while I'm in my wilderness, God. Teach me to stay connected to you and never move from a weary season, dear God, to a warring season without first worshiping in the middle. Bless these who stand before us now. Let them succeed in everything, God, everyone who is listening by the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, all of those who love the Lord said amen. Come on, give them a hand. Amen. God bless you for your courage. Thank you for coming. Remain standing. The door of my father's house is open.